What's up, Rad Dads, and welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads podcast, hosted by none other than the two raddest dads on the East Coast. Rob and I tonight are hanging and recording. Hello, Rob. Hello, Sal. And this is part two of the Daniel Duffy interview episode. Yes, part two. And I think an AK <laughs> would be more valuable. <laughs> and... He's just like a total douchebag, basically. And I'm pretty sure he was not there to fight, but he wanted to tell people he was there to fight because if you want to go over there and fight, it's... So I actually originally wanted to go over there and fight, to be honest, but I got pretty confused by some misinformation that's out there. Because originally in my mind, I was thinking like I was going to go over and fight for like three months and then come back. And then I had like been told that like, you can't just like go over there and fight for a few months and come back. Like basically you have to like go over there and fight indefinitely. And it's like, well, I can't do that. So like that kind of like rolled that out the window. So that's when I kind of decided to do, uh, you know, the humanitarian route. But uh, I learned very quickly while I was over there that like, if you want to go fight, it is pretty easy to go over there and fight. Like, they need people. Like, if you want to fight, they'll they will point you to the front line. Like, it's not it's not hard. <laughs> so that kid, he found KFC though. I, I know that he he found KFC. <laughs> Priorities. Mm-hmm. So that was like the thing he was most excited about coming to Lviv for that they uh, had a KFC because the KFC in Kiev apparently. Wasn't open. I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, if you could do it all over again, would you would you go? And would you do anything differently? Uh, if I could do it all over again, I would a hundred percent go. I think I would do. I mean, like I would do some things differently. I don't want to make it sound like I would like change everything but like like if i went over with the knowledge i have now i would obviously do a lot of things differently because i could do them like smarter more efficiently or more cost effective because i think if i went over now i would try and go over for longer which i think i could do more feasibly given like now that i think i have like ways of saving money and doing it more efficiently if that makes sense but I don't know if that really answered. Are you planning on going back? I'm trying to make plans to go back. I I definitely want to. Uh, so I, so before I left, I thought I had like pretty much squared away with my boss that like I was going to not screw up my work situation by leaving, which I don't necessarily think that like me going over there uh, made a bad situation, but um, I mean, I lost my job when I got back. (laughs) So that has complicated things, obviously. Uh, So I need to figure a lot of stuff out, but I guess a long story short, my plan is to go back. I don't know what the time frame is. Uh, there's a part of me that's hopeful that, uh, things will be resolved before I have an opportunity to go back, but I don't think that's realistic, honestly. 
How long were you there for? I was just there for three weeks. You shit canned you for fucking three weeks? I don't know. Like, honestly, I really don't have any way of explaining what happened there. To be honest, it didn't feel like it was a good fit for a while just because there's so many reasons why. And a lot of it is legal (laughs) and a lot of it is political and uh, loyalty and a whole bunch of stupid DC nonsense. But long story short, uh, I don't feel like it was a good fit for me. I don't think I was like growing there. I don't think there was room for me to grow. And I wasn't, you know, I mean, I like working, honestly. Like, I enjoy what I do. So, like, it's not like I'm, like, you know, getting a free ride and loving it or whatever. I really hated that I couldn't grow in my job. And honestly, I don't know. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. But I think (laughs) – I think – for a while I should have left and I didn't. And, you know, I don't know what the final catalyst was, if it was me leaving or not. I had talked to my boss before I left and had gotten assurances from him that like that wouldn't have affected our professional relationship at all. And he's also a former Navy SEAL. So I thought he'd like appreciate what I was doing. Um, And not that I don't, not that like I'm necessarily saying he didn't appreciate what I was doing, but I don't know. I thought things were going to turn out differently and they didn't, but in retrospect, I'm kind of glad that they worked out the way they did. Cause I think if I had told him what I was thinking about doing and asking if I had job security and he told me, no, I might not have gone. And I don't know. I'm, I would rather, even if I did get fired for going, which I don't necessarily believe is the case, like I would still rather have gotten fired for going. So, so I think me plus everyone else listening, what, what, what did you do? What, what were you doing? What's your, I mean, as far as work, sorry. So, <laughs> Huh? You had trouble with that one. Huh? I did. I did. <laughs> it, sa- it sounded good in my head. It just couldn't. It couldn't come across the lips. So, so what were you doing for work? What was your background? Or what is your uh, background? It's so. It's so complicated. Whenever I try to explain it to people, it never comes out right. People usually ask me if I am. Uh, have you seen House of Cards? Uh, Rob said yes. yes. I say no. People usually end up asking me if, like, my job is basically, like, the stamper character. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that is not (laughs) what my role is. But it's very difficult to explain, especially my most recent position, because I was working, and I don't want to say who, dude, you are so noisy right now. I don't necessarily want to say who I was working for specifically because I don't want there to be like disparaging comments about that person out there. But 
long story short, I was working for a political action committee, which is a PAC. Um, and because of things, because of like legal gray areas, it kind of became hard for me to do anything because it just created like, well, uh, created like legal complications. So basically I kind of kept getting like removed from things to do. And I don't know how to explain it. Uh, like te- things that I was working on, like just kind of slowly kind of were getting reassigned because lawyers basically said that like I couldn't work on it anymore or whatever. Um, so in this most recent job, I wasn't really doing <laughs> very much at all. I was doing a lot of snowboarding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Which is also part of the reason why I really didn't think like going to Ukraine was going to present much of an issue because I didn't really think they'd miss me to be honest. Uh, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Honestly. <clears throat> I think the person that I was working for, just to just to be you know totally above board, I think they are the best person to win that race, and I think they are going to win that race. And I do think that they still want to help me despite you know all this. So it's not like I think they're a shitty person or they just like screwed me over, even though like temporarily I am a little screwed over. But uh, <laughs> you know, I mean that's life and they can't like worry about me. They've got to do what they've got to do. You know, you have any prospects on the horizon? So not, well, I definitely have opportunities if I want to pursue them. I don't necessarily know what exactly I want to do because pretty much everything that I've discussed so far uh, would require me to move. And some of them wouldn't necessarily require me to leave Montana, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's like a whole other thing, but I. (laughs) There's a story for the story for the story. (laughs) Well, I told you you weren't going to get any straight answers out of me. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, but yes, I just keep us. like leading you on and like never give you like a, I never finish the story so that way like you don't you don't actually know you know you don't know where I stand on anything just leave people at the edge of their seat wanting exactly. more exactly uh, <laughs> but so I uh, I don't know I think now that I'm finding myself with some time off and I think for me right now to get in on like a campaign or something isn't necessarily the right time just because, you know, most of the campaigns are coming into the last few months now. They've already got their staff or at least like staff for most of the positions that I would probably be interested in. So 
getting on another campaign for like the next six months or whatever it is at this point probably doesn't really make sense. Um, so I don't know. I would really like to try and pursue options to go back. I've been looking at jobs um, through like the Red Cross and stuff like that, that, um, you know, a lot of them are just like six month kind of tour things over to Ukraine or Poland or wherever, but just some way to like continue to be involved. I don't know. That's kind of where my thought process is now. I'm also, I don't know how I, I would like to say I'm very committed to doing it, although I know how lazy I am. Uh, oh, by the way, to answer your question, I did finally graduate college. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I realized I, last week, <laughs> I, I realized as I was saying it, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if you graduated or not. <laughs> yep. I finally I finally did that. Congratulations. But, uh, thanks. Uh, but seeing as how I uh, don't necessarily like to move at a pace that most people would like me to move at. <laughs> Uh, I, I've had a lot of people tell me I should write a book about my experience over there. And I started kind of writing some things down and I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to, you know, keep myself committed to actually finishing it, but I would like to do that and maybe raise some money to continue to do some good for people over there. I don't know. We'll see. You could always get a ghostwriter to to do it and just tell your story I, to them. I them like, no, that I feel like, like if I could figure out a way to find someone to do that, like I think that would be great because I feel like I could tell someone my story and like tell it like in a very uh, vivid way that like a ghostwriter could make it a very great book but like for me i don't actually just i just don't want to sit down and write it like i'll tell someone my story but like <laughs> maybe i just need a stenographer <laughs> yeah i mean i've written two books and they both suck so <laughs> believe me i hear you <laughs> i have written a few i i didn't know that actually i should send you a few chapters because i have written a few chapters and i know they need work still but i'm just like trying to put the meat on the bones not necessarily cover like style but like yeah send them to me yeah i'll edit them i mean you should see my my chapters i like i tear them apart just because it's my own stuff so i'm very critical but yeah i can i appreciate that because honestly i've sent it to a few people so far and i feel like they have been i don't necessarily want to say like critical i i think they've been supportive for sure but i feel like i need someone who's like not afraid to hurt my feelings which i don't necessarily think like they're not afraid to hurt my feelings but i feel like they're like this sucks i don't think they'd be like uh this sucks (laughs) which if it sucks i just want to be told it sucks (laughs) rob's rob's chapters it's it's five pages at 30 point nice fuck up it's like 300 pages jackass so that's one of the things that I think uh, – I feel like some chapters are very short. Not necessarily five pages short, but – well, some of them might be five pages. I don't know. But then there's some that are, like, much longer than that. But I think it's a lot harder. I feel like 
when you're thinking about writing a book or you're thinking about writing anything in general, I think you think like, oh yeah, I, I can write like fucking 20 pages about this. And then like you start to write it and you're like three pages and you're like, that's like all I got. <laughs> yep. Uh, believe me, I know the feeling. <laughs> I um, think I'm a very succinct writer, but I feel like in terms of like writing a book, it needs to be there needs to be more fluff. And I, I'm not a fluff person. Like I'm like a, this is what it is, you know. Yeah, it needs to just be fluid though. So if even if it's you don't want to add fluff because people like readers will will identify that. It's just like you're pumping you're pumping the information. But if you are if you're able to tell the story and if say like so I target ten pages per per chapter, but if I go eight or I go twelve, I don't care. Yeah. But it's when I hit three and I'm like, all right, this chapter, you know, I, I do a very rough and loose outline. Mm-hmm. And if I say, all right, this chapter is only three or four pages. I'm like, all right, I don't need it. Then I'll just add it somewhere else. I'll add the information or the, or the plot to somewhere else. So this is the first time I ever tried writing something and I didn't like, I didn't really like plan it at all. At first I just like started just like basically just like typing up everything that happened in like chronological order, which I feel like the first few chapters, I feel like kind of makes sense. Just kind of like explaining like, you know, why I started thinking about going, like what made me want to go and like the process to actually go and all that stuff. I feel like that made sense. But then like when I actually got over there and like the first couple of chapters of like my first few days over there and like, just like talking about like 35 different people and just thinking like a reader is going to be able to follow that. I'm like, yeah, I need to just really think about this. So I had a, I like started writing that and I, and it's just like, this is going to be way too confusing. So like I had to like kind of rework everything, but it's been a process for sure. It's interesting. I never thought I'd write anything. So. Yeah. Neither did I, 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 I'm waiting to see if I actually get published is, is my like, that that's my goal. If I get published, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like even though it's a trilogy, I'm like, all right, I'm done. If I get someone to sign up, I feel like shit. If I sell like one, one book, I'm, I'd be ecstatic. I don't know if I'm just like super cocky, but I feel like if I actually can like sit down and write this, I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be a, a good seller. Like, I feel like it'd be. I think there's some good stories in there that you could definitely, like people will definitely be interested in, especially yeah. since, you know, since the Middle East, since, since Iraq and Afghanistan, like this is, this is a pretty big deal. And we're, we're not actually involved from a military aspect and for for you to kind of put your life on pause and, and help out is amazing i think people will, will definitely buy that I mean, honestly My like, fiction <laughs> like <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean i do think it's like topical obviously like it's something that's going on currently i don't really know that there's been like anything written from a first-hand perspective of like someone in ukraine since this has started but i'm sure there's like somebody else that's like working on writing something like that by now already but I don't know. I just think it's interesting because like, I agree that we're not already involved militarily, but in some aspects, like this is already a world war. You know what I mean? Like I don't necessarily think that we should have a hot war with Russia by any means, but like Russia is not, our friend you know what i mean they've been hacking us for 
years at this point. Like they clearly do not have our best interest at heart. And I don't know. I think it's crazy to me, like seeing people who clearly are, you know, trying to become more Western and believe in the same values that we believe in and that we're not supporting them, especially when supporting them means hurting our enemy. Like, I don't understand why we're not, why we're not more uh, concerned about Ukraine's success, but whatever. (laughs) But I guess that's why I did what I did. So (laughs) they're more concerned with coddling than doing anything. That's as political as I'm getting. No, I agree. I mean, honestly, like, uh, last week was Memorial Day. And today, I mean, I think when I signed up for this time with Rob, I kind of like jokingly had said that it was uh, the anniversary of uh, D-Day. And I, you know, it's just so crazy to me. I, last week on Memorial Day, had posted something on Facebook saying that America was the land of the free because we used to be brave. And I don't, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. Like if we're not going to stand up and defend our values, like it's not going to be long before we don't have them here. I don't know. You know, what's interesting. I saw a post. um, I don't know if it was a meme or, or whatever it was, but that said, you know, we, we waited around for a long time before we intervened on World War II. Yeah. And look how that turned out. Like, you know, we lost a lot of Americans, a lot of Europeans. Got that's the thing. Know. That's the thing I think that's the, the most frustrating about this because, like, the sooner we step in, the less lives lost there will be. Yeah. And I, I don't understand, like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just my ignorance, but I know in World War II, there was a lot because of World War One. This is a much different scenario. It's it's a one-off and I get it. Like we, they're not part of NATO, but that doesn't mean you can't defend them. Like, are, are they? Well, sure. I mean, honestly, like what the uh, Ukrainian forces, they sent soldiers to the wars on terror under the ISAF NATO uh you know forces they have been a nato ally in all but name like they have done everything short of like actually achieve uh you know nato admittance or whatever you want to call it um but like they've done everything else and they have been our ally and we have signed agreements basically saying that we wouldn't allow this to happen yet we're perfectly content with letting it go on as long as it's convenient for everyone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, it, to me, the Ukraine's more of a Western country at this point. And it's a shame because there is Rus- Russian origin there. And there's, yeah. there's such a, it's so closely related between Russia and Ukraine that, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a shame because it, it's like, you know, there, there's cousins, there's inner, you know, there's marriages across the border and, yeah. It's really like, you know, is it one person's agenda? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just, you know. It's it's hard to say, honestly, because, <clears throat> like, you see the polling and there's a lot of support among the Russian people for the war, but they're also subjected to propaganda. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> I think 
the world isn't black and white and I guess the older I get the easier it is to like realize that and not that I'm like giving anyone the benefit of the doubt because I don't know I think if Fox News or CNN or whoever tomorrow like started telling us that like I don't know like Biden invading Mexico was okay for some odd reason like I think most Americans would probably be like yeah that's 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 probably fine like honestly if it's on TV it must be true you know that's probably true so I mean that's that's crazy People don't don't they they just turn on the the TV, listen to whatever channel they listen to, and they believe everything they they tell them yeah. instead of actually digging in and doing some research and and so. But I mean, it, it's hard these days to decipher what is true and what is not. There's a Honestly, lot of I agree bullshit with out there. I agree with that. I mean, I, even now, like there are people. There are so many people that even now like argue with me about what I saw in Ukraine. I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care if you agree with me or not. Cause like clearly it's not even about like what you see or like willing to believe something. Cause like I'm a person that, you know, personally, and you still like, don't believe what I'm saying. And I have no agenda. Like there's no reason why if I went over to Ukraine and saw like, you know, a, a nation of Nazis, I wouldn't come back and pretend like I was over there helping someone <laughs> that wasn't, you know, a good person. But that's not <laughs> what's over there. And the, like, number of people that will still argue with me, and it's just like, at the end of the day, like, regardless of, who you're believing, whether it's me or whether it's Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow or whoever, like you're putting your faith in somebody's like third hand reporting at, at the best, like I'm a second hand, but like if you're trusting them, like you're trusting someone who's like reporting something purely agenda driven one way or another. It's just like, Rachel Maddow is my go-to for news. So is Morning Joe. <laughs> I was just saying, like, I was just trying to think of, like, two, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. But <laughs> I'm just saying. The liner notes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I do think that it's, it's hard. I mean, I think there are Russian soldiers on the ground in Ukraine that, like, know what's happening. And even if there aren't, like, there are Russian soldiers on the ground in Ukraine that are, like, raping innocent civilians and women. Like, even if they are believing the propaganda of Putin, like, there are just, like, shitty people doing shitty things. And I don't think that's, like, a reason to blame like every Russian or whatever, but. Uh, yeah. that's what they said. There's, there are war crimes going on right yeah, now. Right. Yeah. So that's crazy. But like, to go back to your point, I, I don't know what I expected necessarily in terms of like how Western I thought Ukraine was going to be, but 
it was it was very western i was surprised honestly and i think they they want to become more western all the time and so the thing that's crazy to me like i i read something right after the invasion and it said something that like in 2003 half the world's population lived in a country that was considered free and today it's less than 20 percent so over the course of like 20 years like a third of the world's population has lost freedom well that's because they caved to the dictatorships well, for sure, but also because we're not standing up and defending people who are defending freedom. Like, and I can say but this then, as... Then again, then again, then there's the argument, when do we stop becoming the world police? You know, I agree losing. with that. So, and this is, that's, that's like perfectly sets me up into what I was going to say, because... I think the difference is, and I can say this, like having experienced, you know, like being in the Middle East and going to a third world country and trying to nation build and try to make people like us and try to build democracy and all that sort of shit. Like that was a huge mistake. Try and convince people to like live a different lifestyle at gunpoint is never going to work ever, ever, ever. But throwing money at the situation is not going to work either. No, they, I agree. They're not going to change their ways. No, for sure. I totally agree. I agree 100% on that. But my point is that, like, you have a country like Ukraine that, that like, understands the difference and wants what we are offering. And we're not doing what we need to do to help them get there. Like, if this were... 1776 and france was like uh that's your problem you know what i mean like it's the same difference i i think this all ties back to the nato agreement and this becomes nato's responsibility and if we intervene then all bets are off and 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 all the agreements that we've signed are null and void and then it's it's you know all-out war i i think that's the case, but I, I am not 100% certain. I mean, I just don't know how much longer we can continue to, whether we want to call it being the world police or not, like whatever you want to call it, like how much longer we can continue to like fail to meet our commitments to the world in the way we left Afghanistan or in like the fact that we've committed to defending Ukraine's sovereign territory, which we've already failed to do by allowing Russia to annex Crimea. And now we're allowing it to happen again. I honestly don't understand why Finland or Sweden would even want to join NATO because why would they think that we're going to honor article five when we haven't honored any of the things that we're supposed to have honored up to this point. And all those things happened under a particular party's watch. Totally. I don't, I don't deny that at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Like it's true. No, no, no. Yeah, Rob's Rob's laughing because, uh, we want one thing he and I promise doing this podcast is we don't, we don't get political. And every so often um, I, 
you know, drop my little <laughs> two senses in. So that that's the only that's why he's laughing. No, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, it's not going to take the world much longer to realize that, like, and honestly, I, it's not even that I think America is weak. I think we're being I think we're being led by weak people. And I think we are being seduced by weak ideology. And I think I don't even coddle culture. It's the coddle culture. No, it is. I I forget what this saying is, but it's like hard times breed hard men, hard times breed soft times, soft times breed soft men or something like that. But basically like, so basically like if you think about from like the depression as a point of view, like, out of that like hard time came very strong people. And because of that, we had very prosperous times and because of the prosperous times, it created weak people. And because of weak people, it's creating hard times. So it's like a cyclical. I I don't remember what the actual quote is. It's probably much more eloquent than like the way I put it, but, (laughs) and I don't even know where I was going with this. I don't think that we are a weak country. I think we're being led by weak people, but I think it's substantially hurting us on the world stage right now. Whether we get involved in Ukraine or not, like we need to at some point stand up for freedom and democracy. Like we need to like actually draw a red line in the sand somewhere and mean it and be willing to back that up and, that's why I don't think we're brave anymore. And that's why I think 30% of the world's population isn't free anymore because Russia so, and China know that we're not prepared to put our money where our mouth is. Honestly. So going on Jimmy Kimmel live is not a good idea. <laughs> I don't know what that accomplishes, whether it's a good idea or not, but <laughs> everything's a shit show. And, this motherfucker is going on Jimmy Kimmel Live. When? <laughs> Wednesday, I, think. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, what? I mean, what the fuck are you thinking? I, I, the fucking world is burning. The the country is fucking burning. And this motherfucker, I'm I'm gonna go on a comedian's talk show. I'm, Am I gonna have to edit you out? I, I'm gonna go crack jokes with. Jimmy Kimmel about I don't know what. What what the fuck can he crack jokes about? How fucking retarded he is? Maybe he can fall up uh fall up some stairs getting on Air Force One again. That was pretty funny. Three, three times. Yeah. On the same day. On the same trip up the stairs. <laughs> you didn't see that? He tripped three times going up the fucking stairs. Nobody challenged it. The last guy maybe fucking stutter stepped down a ramp and they wanted to challenge his cognitive ability to fucking be be the leader. Well, then there was the time where he uh, held Mitch McConnell's hand coming down the stairs because Mitch McConnell had polio and people were making fun of him about it. But we have to do a bourbon tasting and you're going to help us out on this one. OK, let's we do definitely got to do this again. I, well, you got to top me off. Yeah. Top me off. Um, definitely want to do this again. Um, thank you again. This was amazing, but you're not going anywhere yet. I feel like we didn't even really talk about Ukraine that much, or at least like 
in comparison to like the number of stories I have. So, uh, well, the stories were all about Ukraine. <laughs> so hold on a second. We just gotta we gotta uh, shuffle into our uh, uh, part of the your sponsor no, <laughs> podcast. This brings us to the uh, bourbon tasting. So, Rob, what are we tasting tonight? We we are tasting Whistle Pig Rye Whiskey, aged ten years. It has a hundred proof. Do you yeah, know that? I know, I'm looking at the box. Fifty percent alcohol by volume. Um, this is why is one hundred and sixteen proof. Oh damn! Oh damn! It's stronger than ours. Good thing. So that um, makes so much more sense. I feel great. <laughs> I didn't realize Whistlepig was um was distilled in Vermont. So Shoreham or Vermont, Quiet Valley Road, Whistlepig Farm. That's all I got on this bottle. I didn't do any other research. But that's it. So we are so both Dan and us are tasting this. Um it's pretty uh, I think it's pretty good. I'm a big fan. That's smooth. So is this a blend or is it a straight rye? Straight rye. Oh, it mine's is straight a straight rye? rye? A oh. blend of straight rye. So I, I was never, I was put off by rye because uh, someone gave me uh, a, a rye and it was like a punch in the nose. And, and I hate the bourbons that just like punch you in the nose and it's like, holy shit, what the f- is this fucking fire water or something? But the smooth rise. This is age ten years. Easy, easy sippers. I'm, I'm a huge fan, and and that's what this whistle pig ten year rye is. Um, definitely an easy sipper. We we taste ours neat. Um, some of the tasting notes. I'm going to say caramel. We didn't do a third glass tonight. So you ever do a third uh, a third glass? Uh, uh, second glass or second? Well, yeah, second glass sniff test. So. Pour pour a splash in a second glass, right? And then pour yourself your drink. Swirl that second glass around. Let it sit for about five minutes. Dump it out. After about seven, eight minutes, you'll get the undertones of the 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 different uh aromas that are that are in that 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 bourbon or rye, whichever it is. It you smell your wet glass and then you smell your dry glass, huge difference. Some of the some of the flavors, or you just wait until you're done with your glass and then smell it. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. So when when you're done with your glass tonight, leave it on the counter. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, take a sniff. I don't know. This is pretty smooth. The price point is, is nice. I'm gonna go, go seven five on this. I'm five. How about you, Sal? I'm going to ride on your coattails there, uh, Rob. I'm going to go seven five as well. What do you think, Dan? Honestly, I would say it's probably a seven five. That's pretty good. Look at that across the, go, board. across the board. Seven five. Wow. Oh. Amazing. Dan from Montana. Seven five. Dan from Philly. Who's gone to Montana well, and Alaska? Who is in a man? <laughs> who is in Montana? For the time being, you never know where you're going to find me. <laughs> For the next couple of minutes. Yeah. Well, 
Dan, I thank you very much for coming on the show. We really had a blast. Um, and, and thank you again for your service and, and what you did in Ukraine. That's truly amazing. Um, I hope, uh, I hope you really are able to get back there to, to, to continue the humanitarian efforts, um, with, with the, the refugees. Um, we definitely love to have you on again, uh, to, to hear part two, uh, Dan, pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It was great. Great talking to you guys. I was glad to come on. Thanks Duffy. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks Rob.